I'm reading from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, uh, from the NIV UK version. Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw through the bush, uh, saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. It will go, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. How's everybody doing? Are you good? You know, I love church. Who loves church? I love church not because I love church. <laughs> I love church because I love Jesus. And he's the, he's the Lord of the church. And Jesus is alive. I was at the football <laughs> on Tuesday night watching Tottenham. And they were loud. And they were excited over a soccer ball that was empty. <laughs> Just full of air floating around the stadium. We're full of Jesus and we are not empty. And his joy fills us. And when we come to the house of the Lord, it's so important to remember that it's his joy that brings us here to celebrate him and lift the name of Jesus together. The worship was amazing today. I, I really loved it. it. You've got something here, guys. Don't ever take it for granted. You guys are planting another church. That is amazing. I heard about that today. That's the work of God, expanding the kingdom. Don't take these things lightly. Do you know this morning that the... the um, I just a little bit about me just before I get into the word just so you know context I am married I have one wife and two kids and uh, my wife is Priya and she she's on ministry at church today and I have two kids my eldest uh, her name is Angel and she's 15 and my son he's 11 and his name is Israel and so they love the Lord they serve God and they they just want to keep expanding the kingdom as well and um, we also have a fur baby her name is Lola she's a King Charles Cavalier she keeps us uh, she gives us a lot of joy as well so we have the Lord and we have a pet <laughs> anyone have a pet here God gives creation to enjoy, right? <laughs> we love his creation. So this morning, uh, I just want to say I love your pastor. Who loves your pastor? So many people are nodding and smiling. Some are unsure. I saw those hands. A bit guilty. We should love him more. We miss him. He's coming back. So is Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Yes, we love your pastor, Luke. He's such a, a gracious man, full of God and full of the Spirit. He wants to see God move more than any, anyone I know. And um, we, my wife and I have been in this, used to live in this area. We live in Mandra right now. 
And uh, we used to live in Huntingdale. Who knows where Huntingdale is? Just up the road. And we used to go to Blockbuster, which used to be, uh, you know, the Blockbuster video shop that used to be across the road. No more, you know, thank God for Netflix. But, you know, we used to love the um, video stores where you could go select your movies. You'd have to go there and then you'd get a fine because you didn't take your movie back on time. So I am kind of thankful for Netflix because there are no fines anymore. Amen. <laughs> God is here. How many of you believe God is here? When we start to zero our heart on him and focus on him, he starts to touch our heart. The scripture that was read, read today from Exodus 3 Moses was just occupied with occupation, but it wasn't until he turned aside to see what was burning. And the Bible says when he turned aside, God saw that he turned aside, and then Moses heard God speak. There's something about turning aside to spend time with God. This morning, you've turned aside and you've come to church. You could have been occupied with something else, but you turned aside to spend some time with God in his house. It's great to see Liam and, is it Rachel, this morning turning aside to read John 13 with the youth. That is amazing. We must continually turn aside because our time is being pulled by our Australian lifestyle and our Australian lifestyle has no room for God. No room for God at all. And the title of my message today is Keep Your Fire Burning. Keep Your Fire Burning. When God comes and dwells within us, his Holy Spirit dwells within us. Amen? Right? He dwells within us. And he is a formidable force that can overcome anything that we face in our life. All of our challenges, you know, he's paid on the cross. You see, a lot of people lose their fire. You know, when I say fire, I'm actually talking about passion. Right? Many of us lose our passion. We get busy or we get discouraged or we get occupied. You know, God does not want us to lose our first love for him. Our first love is God first. Or is he second? You know, if God was to run a race, he would never come second. He's always first because he's always alpha. <laughs> he's the alpha and omega. He's the first and the last. Right? Many people lose their fire and they don't even realize that they're lukewarm. And I want to tell you, Australia needs a church. Canningvale needs a church that is full of passion and fire for Jesus. Your next generation that is watching you 
need to see people that are fully passionate and on fire for Jesus, that literally burn for Jesus, that are literally on fire for him. It's convicting, I know. But allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart this morning. It's so easy to have a passion and a fire one time in your life and then not realize, oh, my, my passion and my fire has gone down a little bit. I'm just going to church out of routine because I want to pay my fire insurance and tick the box. And then I've, done, I've ticked the box. I've become religious and I've done it. But I have no relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know him. I've never turned aside to hear him speak to my heart. I never sense his presence. I never see him move in my life. You know, he wants to do all of those things. We've all had answered prayer. Thank God for that. And that is God moving in our life. Where is our fire for souls? Where is our fire for the house of God? Where is our passion? Because Australia needs a passionate church that love Jesus, that love him with everything. Disappointments, sicknesses, tests, trials, sufferings. There are so many things that try to take our attention and our focus away from him. Try to dim down our fire. I want to tell you today, God is going to stir you like never before because he's one in a church that is on fire. If you look at society today, it feels like things are getting darker and darker all the time. Who thinks that? With all the, late, the laws that have been changed over the last number of years. But I'm not worried about all of that. While society gets darker and darker, and moves further away from God, it's for the church to move closer in to Jesus Christ. It's not a time, folks, to sit on the fence and wonder what I'm doing. It's not a time to sit on the fence. It's time to be hot or cold for Jesus. God is going to move. You're going to see people say, more people saved through this church. You're going to see more people come to Christ. God's Spirit is going to move through in everything that you do. Here's a scripture, another scripture from 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to keep ablaze the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. You may or may not be accustomed, I don't know, I'm not sure about your uh, denomination and, and, you know, I speak across denominations, but I, all I know, there is one thing that binds us together. Whatever tribe we are from, <laughs> we must get our source from the Word of God, amen? Right? And he says here, Paul is talking to Timothy and he's saying, Therefore, I want to remind you to keep yourself ablaze Let the, of the gift of God that is in you. In other words, Timothy was getting a bit lukewarm. He was getting a bit cold in his, in his heart for the Lord Jesus. 
And Paul tells him, keep yourself ablaze. Keep yourself ablaze. There's a responsibility for God to touch our life through salvation. But it's our responsibility to maintain our relationship with Jesus Christ. I've got guys in our church that are, that are struggling with that. Men who, who fail to be men in their homes. Stand and be Christ in the home. And we're taking them through the process on how to apply the word of God to the home and be the man of God and love the family. Be Christ to the family. The world needs fathers who are on fire for Jesus. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I say it again. The world needs fathers that are on fire for Jesus. It's true. This word keep ablaze is anazorain in the Greek. Anna means to do again. Zo means life. And frain means fire. In other words, Paul is telling Timothy, you keep your relationship on fire. Do whatever you need to do to position your relationship so that your relationship is so passionate and on fire for Jesus. Do you know passionate people never miss Sundays? It's true. My son, we nearly, uh, we nearly we missed out on tickets to go to the training on Monday night for Tottenham. And it was only $5 tickets. We went to the game on Tuesday, Tottenham Hotspurs from England. And um, do you know, he put his head on my lap when he thought we couldn't go and he started crying. My 11-year-old son. There's something about wanting something so bad, being passionate about that it, that, it, that it pains you in your heart. When you love something so much. You know, people are on fire... Actually, people who are not on fire, we can, you know, we can tend to in our nation. If we miss out on church, it's okay. Oh, there's always next week. And you know the average Australian comes to church about twice a month. That's the stats. About twice a month. But someone on fire will be there at every soccer game every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you're on fire for Jesus, if you don't go to church, you would feel like you're dying. <laughs> i got to be at church. I just want to be with God's people. I want to hear the worship. I want to worship my God with my family. You know, he's the living God. He's alive. And there's a consequence to losing our first love when we... Lose our fire for Jesus, that passion in our heart. When the church loses its fire, it produces casual Christians. It will produce a casual generation of uncommitted Christians. Every time I read the Bible, I encounter Jesus. Because everything in the Bible points to Jesus. I wonder what it was like when those disciples saw their best friend crucified 
and beaten and whipped and blood and gore everywhere. Do you think that would be shocking? Getting the scourging of the and and seeing the blood splatter everywhere. That's not that's a messy business. But imagine the shock of seeing him rise from the dead. Imagine we all watched Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Four billion people, the biggest biggest the uh, biggest event on the planet. Who remembers Queen Elizabeth's funeral? Imagine a few days later they announce the news anchor announced on the news Queen Elizabeth is alive. We'd be shocked. But that's hap- what happened with Jesus. Everybody was shocked. They didn't expect it. You laughed at Queen Elizabeth because we don't expect it. But that's what happened with Jesus. They didn't expect it. They didn't expect him to be alive. And too often we treat Jesus like he's somewhere else when he's in our midst. He said, I never leave you. I never forsake you. I am with you always. Then why do we treat him like he's somewhere else? We too often we treat Jesus like he's somewhere else. He's not somewhere else. He's with us. He said so. The first point I want to make today is rebuild your altar. This might not be for you. This might be for you, this particular point. Second Kings 18 verse 13. This is the scripture where we see Elijah rebuilding the altar. How many of you know this scripture? Can I have a raising of hands here today? Who knows this scripture? Who's heard the story of Elijah? Yes? That's good. I'm going to read the first scripture. It says here, And Elijah said to the people, Come unto me. And all the people came near him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken. An altar in the Bible is the point where people met God. Now, we don't have a physical altar, but it is the point where we meet God. So for you and me, it might be the point of prayer. Have I made space in my life to pray? Have I made space in my life to study God's word? Have I made space in my life to worship him? That's my altar. Too often, families don't build an altar for the, for the entire family. It's very individualistic, our, our relationship with God. But quite often, you see strong families, and I always ask family, how come your whole family is so strong in the things of God? Yeah, we, we discuss the Word of God together. We, we, we've built an altar in our home together. Build an altar if you haven't built one. If you had one and you, you need to rebuild it, rebuild it. Make sure you have a place where you meet God. Great to see these young people meeting God before church even starts. That's very special. It's very unique. Not too many people that will have a connect group before church. I want to meet with God. We want to, want to go through his, that's passion. That's what I call passion. 
The altar is so important because it's the place where we get to encounter his love and sense his presence, sense him speaking to us about our problems and answering our prayers. Point number two, sacrifice. Do you know that the Bible is a book of sacrifice? The whole Bible is a book of sacrifice from the start to the end. Every single time you make a sacrifice, you make a deposit unto God. It's a part of our relationship. If I don't sacrifice in my marriage, I wouldn't have much of a marriage. <laughs> I'd be sleeping on the couch. Relationship takes sacrifice. Every single time you make a sacrifice, God sees when you turn aside. He sees when we turn aside. Every single time you give him worship, every single time you pray, every single time you come to church, it's not for naught. It's not for naught. It's not for naught. It's interesting. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus spits on a guy's eyes. And then he says, go wash in the pool. I'm thinking when I read that story, here's almighty God right in front of him. He could just touch him and heal him. You know why he wanted him to go wash? He wanted to him to invest and put a sacrifice. It would have been hard for a blind man to go find a pool. <laughs> but he wanted him to do something and invest something into the relationship. He needed him to sacrifice something. What is it that you need to sacrifice in order for your relationship to go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength? What is it that we need to... Is there things that are starting to cloud our relationship with God Sacrifice is demonstrated when we go the extra mile. Sacrifice is demonstrated when we say, God, it is all about you and it's not about me. Romans 12 verse 1 says, your body is a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. And you know, passion... Let me tell you something. This is my point. Passion comes through sacrifice. When Elijah put that sacrifice on the altar, fire came. Do you know that passion for God was ignited in the whole of Israel from that one sacrifice? The works of Baal were also destroyed because of that sacrifice. The whole nation came back to God because of that one man's sacrifice. What is it that we need to sacrifice? Sacrifice. Passion comes through sacrifice. My next point, don't quench him. You know we can quench God, we can quench passion, we can quench the fire. Do you know First Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench the Holy Spirit. That means subdue or be unresponsive to him. Do you know 
I quench my relationship with my wife if I was to be unresponsive. You know, she'd be really ticked off if I was unresponsive to her. Hey, can you take the trash out? And I ignore her. She'd be really ticked off. I'd quench something in our relationship. And so in relationships physically, they start to come on fire when we are responding to each other and there's a give and a take and an interaction. How much more with our God? How much more with our Lord Jesus? A give and a take each way. We must test our heart to see if we're unresponsive to him. We can tell by how responsive we are. First step is how responsive we are to his word daily. Because it's not about more and more revelation. It's about more and more application of his word in our life. The scripture says here in Romans 13 verse 14, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. That's a side note scripture. Here's the thing. How do I know I am quenching God in my life? How do I know if I am quenching God in my life? I'll tell you how. It's when we carry a spirit of indifference with each other, with his word, with his church with anything that is good and godly, when we start to become indifferent about, oh, yeah, it's just church. Yeah, it's just, it's just the Bible. Well, oh, it's just Pastor Luke. It's just, uh, you know, it's my brother from church, my sister from church. It's only, when, if we carry a spirit of indifference, that is the indicator that I, I'm actually quenching a flow of God in my life, his grace. Point number four. I'm circling back to the title, Keep Your Fire Burning. Here's, here's a good indicator of how to keep your affections burning. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. This is in the King James Version. I love the King James Version. It says here, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Why does it say set your affection? If you, if you read the New King James, it will say set your mind. Set your mind on this. Do you know setting, when I read that, I thought setting my mind to anything is like the hardest thing to do. I try to set my kids' mind on their homework. That's pretty difficult. <laughs> right? Who knows what that's like, mums and dads. Setting your mind is like difficult to do. Then I went, I thought, there's got to be something in this. It can't be just set your mind. It sounds like a hard, hard work. So I went to the old King James, and it said, set your affections. That means set your heart. Where do you, your, your affections come from your heart, right? From your love, from your passion. Set your affections on things above, not on things of earth. Why is that so important because affections indicate 
the direction of your passion. Our affections, I'll say it again, indicate the direction of our passion. Whether it's on the things of the Lord, whether it's the things of the earth. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to walk this walk all by myself. I have the Church of Jesus Christ who empower me and I empower them. We get to talk about this stuff. We, When we're down, we get to share our burdens honestly. And if, if life is terrible, we're able to share that with each other. Or if we're feeling depressed, we're able to share that with each other. If we're not on fire for Jesus. I've had people tell me, I don't even read my Bible. So we started reading the Bible. And guess who is on fire for Jesus? <laughs> But it's as we share this stuff with each other, share our burdens with each other, our doubts, our fears, things start to ignite in God. I want everybody upstanding and all heads bowed and all eyes closed. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. And I'm so, so happy. I'm so, so happy that I don't have to do this by myself. Because I have the great comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here today. He's here every week. But when we zero in on him through his word... When we zero in on him through the worship, when we zero in on him through prayer, he starts to make himself known to us and he starts comforting us. If you feel there's an area of your life where you say, you know what, I'd love to, I'd love to rebuild an altar in my life. Would you put up your hands? There's an area of my life I'd love to rebuild or I'd love to go deeper. Would you put up your hands? Hands are going up. I see those hands. Three, four, five. I'm going to wait just for a few moments because I really feel God speaking to hearts today. I feel convicted of it. Would you put your hands up wide and high? Put your hands up and show me so I can see you. And I ask you to make a stand and come forward and I'm going to pray for you.